We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Spurs Up Show, Best Game Cox podcast on the internet. Today is Tuesday, February the 23rd, 2021. On today's show, my oh my, how sweep it is. Gamecocks baseball taking care of business against the Dayton Flyers with the weekend starting their season 3-0. and I'll break it all down, guys, in its entirety. We'll talk key takeaways, TSUS Series MVP, who's hot, who's not, what's next for South Carolina baseball as they look to improve on their undefeated record. Also, we will talk a little Gamecocks basketball. South Carolina falling to Missouri 93-78 to over the weekend. I'll give my full thoughts and takeaways from there. Also, news and notes to get into, your listener questions. We've got a packed show here on a Tuesday, folks. Sit back, relax, enjoy. It's all brought to you by our friends over at Upstate Movers Group. Guys, Upstate Movers Group, superior moving service. They bring care and attention other companies can't offer because they're just too busy maintaining trucks and profiting off of them instead of focusing on service. Guys, service is what separates Upstate Movers Group from the competition. They're not a trucking company, by the way. They are a moving services company, and they're also employee-owned co-op. Their movers are paid twice the industry average, and everyone on the crew is invested in your success. They have dedicated professional crew members, and they also offer black glove service. They offer end-to-end packing services custom crating and packaging for special items, and cleaning services as well. They're founded by Greenville Natives and University of South Carolina alumni, so a Gamecock-owned small business. They also offer 20 years of project management moving experience, and they can offer logistics and solutions that traditional moving companies simply do not have the skills for. Guys, whether you're in the upstate or across the state of South Carolina, if you have any moving needs in 2021, be sure to check out our friends over at Upstate Movers Group. You can find them on social media at Upstate Movers Group, and of course, if you have any other questions, go to their website upstatemoversgroup.com that's upstatemoversgroup.com be sure to check them out and tell them chris from the spurs up show sent you let's get it Today's lesson for you all is this. Technology is great, 
until it isn't. <laughs> Technology's great until it isn't, folks. Hope you're all doing well. I'm Chris Phillips, your host of the Spurs Up Show. As always, happy Tuesday, guys. I say that because of this. So as you probably noticed, and I'm sure a lot of you noticed, the podcast was not out yesterday at number one, the normal time, nor was it the normal format that we usually have on a Monday. Uh, the show yesterday strictly just being the interview with Brian Harper, which if you did not check that out, former Gamecocks lifting the pitcher, hearing his insight, his perspective, his thoughts on the 2011 National Championship, his baseball career, all that good stuff. I suggest you, highly suggest you check out that interview. But uh, so I actually recorded this exact show going over these topics for the Monday show, right? Like I recorded a normal podcast, of course, we're going to have a normal Monday with my thoughts and everything. And then of course, a guest interview. Well, I go to put the show together and I do put it together and I'm editing everything. And I am right now in the process of getting a new MacBook because the storage on this one, anybody that has a MacBook and, and kind of deals with these problems, especially with Premiere Pro, my God, love hate relationship with that app. Uh, you know that storage can be an issue and I'm constantly deleting things and saving things and all that good stuff. Long story short, let's just say I deleted something I should not have. And because of that, completely lost the podcast that I recorded on Sunday. So that is why today, and again, I'm not mad about it. I'm not complaining. Hey, we get to talk about Gamecock baseball again. I get to do it again. We'll talk some South Carolina basketball as well. Take your listener questions, all that good stuff. But just to let you guys know, going forward, the normal format will apply. I'll have these type of shows on Monday in regards to breaking everything down from the weekend, stuff like that. But this week, this is why. And again, I'm going to talk about this when it comes to Carolina baseball, but you know what? I woke up Monday and I was a little irritated, but it's like, hey, you know what? Any everybody can have a great attitude and do great when things are going just according to plan and perfectly. And what how do you respond to some adversity? How do you respond when you get punched in the mouth and things don't go your way? And yes, I'm being a little over dramatic because I'm sure you guys are like Chris, it's all good. We really don't care. But uh, I have this like, you know, internal schedule in my head, if you will, that I kind of like to stick to in a certain format and the way I like to do things. And I I'm just letting you guys know, I guess I'm thinking out loud. So again, I really, at the end of the day, just appreciate you guys being really, really cool with everything, being flexible, uh, supporting, consuming the content either way. Again, I'm sure you guys really don't give a damn, but uh, it sort of worked out this week too, because nothing really... I would say newsworthy happened on Monday. And I, I, that, that's kind of to be expected. I mean, we're sort of in that period where there's no football. We're going to have baseball. And of course, they didn't play on Monday or anything, but do have a game tonight against Winthrop, by the way. So I do want to highlight that Gamecock baseball with a game tonight against Winthrop. But uh, kind of worked out, like I said, because I'm not sure exactly what we would have talked about for this podcast. But again, we got a lot to get into from over the weekend. So without further ado, let's go ahead and dive right into it. Again, I want to start. We're going to break down South Carolina. How sweep it is, my friends. The Gamecocks sweeping the Dayton Flyers this weekend at Founders Park, 12 to 1, 12 to 5, and 5 to 1. I'll say this, guys. First things first, how great it was to sit out and watch three baseball games at Founders Park. For those of you that had to deal with the, the less than stellar telecast, uh, I, I feel for you. I'm sorry to hear that. I don't know what the issue is, but being out there, I was actually really impressed with the crowd. You know, I, I thought with COVID, I, I didn't really know you know, what the crowds are going to be like and, and just if people would even bother to go out of their way to try to catch Gamecock baseball games. But it actually felt kind of normal. I don't want to say fully normal because I think there would have been a lot more people at those games, but it actually felt kind of normal with all the people. You know, when I take a look at this series as a whole, uh, again, getting the sweep, and I'm going to dive into the more specifics here in just a second. But, you know, I, I talked about this schedule and, and the importance of this series. And listen, 
if you'd have won two or three and just won the series, I think it still would have been a successful weekend. But getting the sweep, you know, when you look at the rest of your schedule and you have to face Clemson this weekend, Mercer, Texas, Vandy, Florida to start SEC play, we all understand how daunting this schedule is. This was a series this weekend that I really think you needed to take advantage of. And by the way, I also want to say this. Tip your freaking cap to the Dayton Flyers because this is a team, they could have quit after the second game. They could have said, oh, woe is me. We're playing South Carolina. We got nothing to play for. They came out and battled the Gamecocks all weekend long. And I think this is a Dayton team. They're going to make a lot of noise, I think, in the A-10. Like, I, I really think they were picked third in their conference. They've got some legit dudes on that pitching staff and in the bullpen. They got a couple scrappy guys uh, in the lineup. I think Dayton's actually a quality ball club because it's funny. You know, I, I use a lot of the the notes, if you will, from previous shows to kind of put together notes for, for the shows I do now, right? Like, so example, uh, just the layout for the key takeaways and the MVP and all that good stuff, whatever. Long story short, though, when I was getting ready to do this show, I pulled the the notes, if you will, or the, or the format from South Carolina Sweep of Holy Cross last year. And I was just looking back and I was thinking, I was like, hmm, how does this compare to last year when the Gamecocks started 3-0 and and opened their season with a sweep? And I think it's a lot different. For a couple of reasons. Number one, you take a look. South Carolina, I think, in that Holy Cross series hit like 220. I mean, the bat struggled, even in a sweep. This past weekend, you hit 395 at the plate. Unbelievable performance offensively. The other thing is this. Holy Cross, I remember thinking last year, this is a bad baseball team. Like, very bad. A very bad baseball team. I don't think that with this Dayton team. This Dayton team was good. I think, again, Dayton is going to make noise in the A-10. But, again, I, I don't think it should be understated or, or, or undervalued of how big it was to get the sweep on opening weekend. Again, we, we've been dealing with a lot of disappointment and a lot of, uh, a lot of shortcomings from other South Carolina sports, other men's sports. And for a Gamecock men's sport with a little bit of hype to go out there, play up to their abilities – take care of business, and again, you did it a bunch of different ways over the weekend, it's got to make you feel good to start this 2021 season if you're a Gamecock baseball fan. Again, let's dive into more so key takeaways, specific things I saw in the first thing first. How can we start anywhere else? Have a freaking weekend, Mr. West Clark. My God, the Reaper of Souls himself. Um, what a weekend. Seven for 10, three homers, nine RBIs, five walks, a 1.8 slugging percentage and an 800 on base percentage. He's also been named the National Player of the Week by Baseball America and well-deserved. I mean, this dude is seeing a beach ball right now. Like, it is insane. And, you know, we all had high expectations. And, you know, obviously the guy was leading the SEC in home runs when the season concluded last year, but three bombs on opening weekend. I I'm not sure I quite saw that coming. Um, what an incredible weekend. The guy was locked in all weekend. And again, in that three hole, which I think is a good spot for him because West Clark overall, you know, a, 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 a well-rounded hitter, if you will, not just a power guy, um, but a really well-rounded hitter. And, and like I said, a guy that, man, how, how the jumps he's made in his game, I, I mean, a solid player his first couple of years, but even from last year to this year, I, I love the approach. I love the veteran presence. I love the moxie. I love the confidence this guy plays with. And he's going to be a big basher for you all season long. And again, the numbers speak to that. It's funny. He had a quote-unquote bad day on Sunday and where he looked more when he went one for three with a double. I mean, that was a quote-unquote bad day for Wes Clark because he had been uh, had been swinging it so well. But again, a dude that's just tearing the freaking cover off the baseball. Everything he hits, I feel like, is hard. 
What a weekend for him. I, what a weekend for West Clark. And it was the weekend of West Clark. And again, you, you got to be excited about having that guy in your lineup. And again, all these preseason expectations and everything we expected from him. And yes, it is just one weekend. I want to throw that out there, by the way, of everything I say. I understand it's just one weekend, but it was a lot of fun to see the pieces come together. Everything we've been excited about, everything we've been talking about, to see those pieces come together. And West Clark, obviously, a really, really big piece of this Gamecocks lineup and what South Carolina is looking to, achieve, looking to achieve in this 2021 baseball season. Another key takeaway for me, speaking of West Clark and the power bats, the power bats were on full display for South Carolina over the weekend. And the thing I love, by the way, is this. Number one, it came from a bunch of different guys. It wasn't just you know West Clark doing his thing, or it wasn't just West Clark and Andrew Eister, or West Clark and, and Brady Young. It was everybody. You know, it, it, it was literally everybody doing their thing. And you love to see, and I, I loved more than anything, the approaches. Because, <clears throat> yes, when I talked about in the preseason, this is a lineup, a, a, this reminds me of a traditional South kind of lineup, right, with the big boppers. But the approach wasn't such that I saw guys trying to lift the baseball and, and, and specifically hit home runs, if you will. You know, I see a lot of guys in the approaches, they're trying to drive the baseball, okay? Trying to cut that ball in half, drive the baseball, get a little bit, little bit of backspin, and the home runs are coming naturally. And that's what you love to see. Again, seven total homers. You had Wes Clark with three. Brady Allen had one. Colin Burgess had one. Andrew Eister had one. Braylon Wimmer had one. I mean, a bunch of different guys for you. You take a look at this lineup now. I mean, two through seven can take a yard. Two through seven in this lineup, realistically. And one through seven, I should say, excuse me, with Brady Allen. And what a, what a weekend it was for Brady Allen. The, the type of performance he had, what he gives you out the leadoff spot. Made, made Mark Kingston like a genius for his performance. But one through seven in this lineup can take you deep. And again, yes, I know it's only one weekend, but you saw the potential. You saw the pop. You saw what we've been talking about all preseason long. And, of course, led by a guy like Wes Clark. I also want to give a shout-out, man, Andrew Eister. Uh, one homer, four RBIs. Hit 333 in the weekend, four for 12. Talking about guys that, that just barrel up the ball every single time they take the plate. My God. I mean, this is a dude every single at bat. It seems like he's getting hard contact every single at bat. He is punishing pitchers, man. It's crazy. And this dude, nobody loves to go oppo more than Andrew Eister. Nobody loves that right center gap more than Andrew Eister does. And you know he's locked in when he's going backside like he was over the weekend. And then a guy like Brady Allen, like I said, guys, in your leadoff spot to give you that type of power, that type of pop. And oh, by the way, a guy who's going to give you fantastic at-bats. He's an automatic 3-2 count. Like I said, the plate vision, the discipline, incredible what this guy provides you. And hell, he had one homer on the weekend. He missed two or three more by a couple of feet. I mean, he had one that literally hit the yellow. And came back in, I think he got a double out of it. But, I mean, the power is there. But, again, I, I don't think it's power where I know a lot of people say, Chris, you know, live and die by the home run. We don't want to be that type of team. And I totally agree with you. And I think you saw South Carolina, again, they, they won these games in different ways. And it didn't just – to me, it just didn't feel like we were just solely depending on the home run. I think we have a lot of really, really good hitters that can hit home runs. We have a lot of guys who are really good hitters that are strong, that can drive the baseball out of the park. I mean, a lot of the home runs I saw, yeah, I know Wes Clark, I think his first one, kind of a moonshot, but a lot of those home runs were lasers, dude. A lot of those were lasers. I mean, you think of Braylon Wimmers was an absolute tank 
by the way, to left field. The pimp job game is in midseason four. Colin Burgess's was a freaking rope. Uh, Andrew Eister's out to right center caught that jet stream. That thing was a freaking rope. Um, so, again, I, I, the thing I love the most, yes, the power's there. I, I think this is a traditional South Carolina lineup with a lot of pop, but it's not a lot of guys that are trying to lift the ball and the, the approaches are bad. And you, it doesn't look like to me they're up there saying, oh, my God, we got to hit a home run every time. It's really, really good hitters that are driving the baseball to the gaps, and they're, they're running into a couple bombs because they're strong, they're good hitters. So, love what I saw from the power bats. Again, seven home runs on the weekend. It was very close to being double digits. I mean, it was very, very close uh, to being double digits. Let's move to the pitching side of things, guys, because the weekend rotation for me, Far, uh, Jordan, and Bosnick, did pass its first test. And, you know, uh, some mixed results, if you will. Let's start with Thomas Farr, though, on Friday. I, I, what more can you say about the guy? A fantastic outing. It, it, you, you saw why I'm so high on him, why scouts are high on him, why people are so excited. Again, 1-0, obviously, six innings pitch, five hits, one run, one earned, two walks, and eight strikeouts. The stuff, though, guys, the, the, the stuff was there. And again, I know a lot of fans say, Chris, it's Dayton. Calm down, it's Dayton. And I, I'm not trying to get, you know, <laughs> oh, you know I'm, I'm not trying to, uh, you know, get crazy here. But again, I think he's the best Friday night guy you've never heard of. Um, Thomas Farr, I mean, this, this stuff, 95 to 97, uh, filthy breaking ball, has a nice change up. But the thing I like the most, too, about this entire pitching staff, and Thomas Farr showed it, even Jordan showed it, and his struggle was finding the zone. Bosnick obviously showed it. Your entire bullpen showed it. South Carolina's pitchers, I, I think one of the biggest things I've seen over the last couple of years and the, the areas when they have struggled was tr is trying to be too fine, trying to be too perfect, trying to paint every corner and, and throw the perfect pitch every single time. I saw a bunch of guys challenge these Dayton hitters. It's like, all right, my shit is good enough. Here you go. If you think you can hit it, fine. Here it is. And I think Thomas Farr really did a nice job of setting the tone that Friday night, uh, again, threw beautifully, uh, you know, gave South Carolina everything you could ask for and more. And I think, again, he's going to be an absolute force for you. And, again, I think the best Friday night guy the SEC has never heard of. And I think by the end of this season, he's going to be one of those guys that his name, the people are going to know the name Thomas Farr. And, again, what a performance. You can't ask for anything more from him on Friday and setting the tone. That led into Brandon Jordan on Saturday, which, listen, Saturday was a very on-brand performance for Brandon Jordan. And you take a look at the stats, uh, four innings pitch, two hits, four runs, three earned, four walks, and four strikeouts. But what I mean by that is this. He only gave up two hits, by the way. But what I mean by that is this. Even on days when Brandon Jordan does not have his best stuff, right? And I don't think he would argue or anybody would argue he had his best stuff uh, on Saturday. Even when he doesn't have his best stuff, though, he is going to battle his ass off, keep you in the ball game, and give you a chance to win the ball game, He's going to give his team a chance. And I think that's what you saw from Brandon Jordan on Saturday. Again, he needs to pitch better. He needs to fill up the zone more. He needs to be more consistent. Got a little bit high with I thought the body was getting ahead of the arm, which caused him to be up in the zone, which caused him to get behind hitters, which caused him to have four walks and get knocked out the game early. But I think Brandon Jordan is going to be fine. He's going to give you a lot of quality outings. We saw it from him last year. And again, this reminded me a lot of the Clemson game last year. And I, I think that's really, you know, because again, like I said at the beginning of the show, and I know I applied it to myself, but you can tell a lot about a guy when he runs to adversity and things don't necessarily go his way and he doesn't have his best stuff. And how does he react? You know, and I think Brandon Jordan, again, you can feel comfortable if nothing else. He's a guy, you know what? If he doesn't have his best stuff that day, 
He's going to battle his ass off. He's going to do what he can. He's going to work around it. He's going to fight the adversity. He's going to keep you in every single ball game that he pitches in. And that's what I like about Brandon Jordan. Again, when he was in the zone, the stuff is there. The stuff is great. 91 to 93. Uh, really, really, really sharp breaking ball. Uh, really like his breaking ball. Again, when he's down in the zone, he's locating. He's as tough to hit as anybody. And then Julian Bosnick on Sunday. You know, it's a damn shame that the uh, the blister flared up because, my, oh, my, what, what an outing he was having. Uh, eight straight strikeouts, went three and a third, one run, one earned, four walks, and nine Ks for the young man. His first ever weekend start. Um, I think his first start ever for South Carolina. And uh, my, I, I didn't really know what to expect. Um, I didn't know what the Southpaw, Southpaw would give you. And, uh, man, he, he gave me everything I could ask for. You know what I mean? I just coming from the left side, a lot of great movement was spotting up. I mean, he had Dayton Flyers hitters numbers on Sunday. I, I don't know what was going on, what he was doing that was so special. And that's the crazy thing. I don't think he was doing anything that was that crazy special, just simply locating, using his stuff, locating, mixing speeds. Um, he was a guy, again, I, I loved the way Julian Bosnick just attacked, 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 used his fastball a lot, which I love. I think guys too often can – you know, get away from the fastball and they fall in love with the breaking stuff and and they want to get all fancy with it and get cute with it and throw something nasty. It's like, bro, a well-located fastball with some movement, that's still the best pitch in the game outside of a strike. But a well-located fastball with run, that, that's the best pitch. That's your best pitch, especially to college hitters. Make them hit it. Your stuff's good. Trust it. Make them hit it. I think you saw Julian Bosnick do that. And again, by the way, three and a third innings pitch, he didn't give up a hit. <laughs> I mean, the guy literally didn't give up a hit. So... Um, you got to feel good about what you got from him. You know, overall, very excited. Again, having a southpaw in that rotation, obviously something that selfishly I am very excited about. Talking about the pitchers, again, another key takeaway for me, let's move into the Gamecock bullpen. And what a weekend, man. What a weekend it was with the bullpen. Um, let me read off these stats really quick. Let me pull this up. I posted this on Sunday afternoon, okay? Posted these bullpen stats. Just how good was the weekend? For the Gamecocks bullpen, you might ask. 13 and two-thirds innings pitched, five hits, one run, one earned, three walks, and 16 strikeouts. That's pretty damn good. <laughs> You'll take that every single weekend, I think. Um, had a plethora of guys throw. And, uh, you know, the exciting thing is this. We talked about all in the preseason, the pitching depth, pitching depth, pitching depth. And I know some people were snarky on social media. Oh, what pitching depth? What are you talking about? Bro, you saw it this past weekend. You just look at the young guys. Matt Cotto, Jack Mahoney, Travis Loonsman, Will Sanders, Jackson Phipps. I mean, heck, we didn't even see guys like Parker Coyne, Cam Tringali. You didn't even see Danny Lloyd till Sunday. You didn't see Brett Carey till Sunday. You know, the the amount of young arms you have, talented young arms, by the way, and I think you saw, by the way, some nerves at some points. It was opening weekend for everybody. You saw it from Braylon Wimmer, I think, in the field. You saw it from Matt Cotto hitting the first guy. Hell, you saw it from Julian Bosnick. I think he plunked the first guy of the game. You saw some nerves. And again, these are young guys, right? There's going to be nerves. You're, you're wearing, the, wearing the uniform for the first time, your first college baseball game. There's going to be some adrenaline. There's going to be some emotions there. But I thought guys handled the moment beautifully and threw really well. Mag Cotto, again, from the left side, a guy I really, really like. Jack Mahoney, I thought his stuff was filthy. Will Sanders, going to be a stud for this team. Travis Loonsman, what he did on Sunday, goodness gracious, um, handling the moment. And a guy that, again, I mean, this was a pressure-packed situation. I think it was a 1-1 game. And Loonsman comes in, no big deal, and inning one strikeout, whatever. See you later. 
Uh, Jackson Phipps, I thought, gave you something nice. And then you take a look at the guys that are returners and guys are more familiar with. Andy Peters out of the bullpen. I tell you what, guys, if he throws strikes the way he did on Saturday, this dude's going to be a huge piece of what Mark Kingston, Skyler Mead, and this Gamecocks baseball team do. I mean, his stuff is nasty. I mean, I'm telling you right now, I know he's kind of the forgotten man, if you will, because of uh, these other guys stepping up and we're kind of all in love with the newcomers, if you will. But, man, Andy Peters, his shit can play with anybody through two innings and three strikeouts. And, of course, oh, ho-hum, Danny Lloyd and Brett Carey doing what they do best and what we've known to uh, come accustomed to. Danny Lloyd, two and two-thirds innings and a hit, three strikeouts. Um, I thought the stuff was really, really good. Fastball, 94 to 95. The slider is filthy when he locates it. I I thought, again, Danny Lloyd gave you – what you'd expect from a veteran presence, again, especially in that Sunday game, a big game. Brett Carey, I mean, Brett Carey's Brett Carey. Two innings, two hits, four strikeouts for him. Guy just continues to, to, to be amazing. Uh, John Gilry, I think the lefty arm, he had a good performance. And again, is definitely another lefty. And it felt so good to see guys like Phipps, Gilry, Seitler, and of course, Bosnick start Sunday. It's like, we finally have lefties again. Like, I mean, of course, selfishly, I'm a, I'm a lefty, right? Like, I want to see lefties, but like, you guys remember Mark Kingston's first couple of years. It was like, you had Gilreath, and that's it. You have Gilreath, and that's it. Like, who else is there? So, to have lefties there for you that can help you out of the bullpen and the starting rotation, all that good stuff. Um, but, again, like I said, the thing that has to excite you, and I will say this, walks have been an issue with the bullpen in the past, right? Just three walks out of your bullpen over the weekend. Walks have certainly been a pass, though, and inconsistencies. Guys just – a guy like Danny Lloyd, for example. And again, I hate to I pile on Danny, if you will, but, you know – Guys coming out, you know, pitching one way, one game, the next game, it's like, oh, my God, who is this? Like, what is going on? You know what I mean? I I really thought you saw, you know, in a lot of situations, hey, Saturday, too, it was a 7-5 to or 6-5 to game or whatever, the bullpen be kind of that steady hand, if you will, and keep the game at bay, keep the hand, keep the game, excuse me, exactly where it was and give your offense time to score some runs and give yourself a lead and win the ball game. And that's what you need out of your bullpen. You need guys you can depend on, performance after performance, appearance after appearance, and you saw that. And, again, the thing that has to excite you is just the sheer depth. I mean, you have a great problem. There are only so many innings, and you've got too many quality arms. Again, you didn't even see guys like Parker Coyne and Cam Tringali. I mean, what does that tell you about how – you didn't see a guy like Wesley Sweat, who I think is good to go. I mean, what does that tell you in regards to the depth you have? on the pitching staff in regards to the depth you have in this bullpen and on this team, but especially with the pitchers, you got to feel good. You can never have too many good arms. Like I said, a nice mix of your veterans doing their thing. These youngsters getting their feet wet and, and showing what they're made of. And again, you, the young talent on this team, especially in the pitching staff gets me fired up. <laughs> it gets me fired up. I'm not going to lie. So again, an overall great weekend for, I think your starting rotation, especially your bullpen um, as well. My final takeaway guys, and arguably my biggest, from the weekend is this, you know, I'm really glad the Sunday game played out the way it did because it was great to win 12 to one and 12 to five and kind of blow them out. But, you know, like I said at the beginning of the show, and this has been a thought on my mind the last couple of days, last couple of weeks, whatever. And, it, you know, it applies to any sport. You know, when people have asked me about Shane Beamer in his first football season or, or asked me about any other sporting team, asked me about the, the, the Gamecocks baseball team, all that stuff. You know, it's it's fun to talk about preseason expectations and this talent and this and this player and that player. That's all fine and dandy, right? But to me, the real measure of a man, of a person, of a team, of an entity, whatever it is, the real measure of something 
is not how it performs and everything's going according to plan and everything's just going the way it's supposed to. And it's, it's easy to win then. It's easy to be positive. It's easy to be optimistic in, in those times. How does a group of guys respond when things don't go your way, when things don't go according to plan, when you hit some adversity, when you get punched in the mouth, how do you respond? Again, one-one ball game in the eighth inning. There was no guarantee South Carolina was going to get the sweep. I mean, you had bases loaded. I think it was the inning before, and you get nothing. And hey, some teams that might have broken. I'm like, oh man, that was our shot. That was our chance. We missed it. Now, nah, just not meant to be today. That was our chance. You know, some teams could have folded there. And again, I, I'm not trying to to make it a bigger deal than it is because I understand it's Dayton, whatever. But again, tip the cat to Dayton. They're a quality ball club. By the way, you know, there's going to be days where you're going to score 10 runs, you're going to win 10 nothing, and life's going to be great. There's going to be other days where you gotta, you're got you going to go, be, you know, be in a one-to-one ball game in the eighth inning, and you got to find a way to win. You know, some days you're going to have a pitcher's duel. Some days it's going to be a slugfest. It is what it is. It's baseball. That's how the game works. But winning with character, I thought was, number one, it was so nice to see, but number two, it was just so important for this Gamecocks baseball team. Because like I said, anybody can go out there when it's 10-0, oh, we're taking great at-bats, and we're playing well, we're playing together, we're chipper in the dugout. Like, no kidding. But when it's one-to-one, you know, game three of the series, you got a chance to sweep. Who's going to step up? Who's going to be that guy? And the moment wasn't too big. George Khalil obviously getting the big knock for you uh, to give you the lead, and then David Mendham going backside and, uh, you know, breaking the dam open, really. And you saw your bullpen in those moments. You know, again, Danny Lloyd being the bridge guy. Travis Loon's been as a true freshman. I mean, really, when you think about it, his first ever appearance comes in a one-to-one ball game at Founders Park. I mean, that, that's that's impressive to me. And then Brett Carey, like I said, doing his thing and, and shutting the door. And that bullpen giving you the opportunity to win that game on Sunday. But winning with character. Like I said, with the, you know, you obviously have the Winthrop game tonight, but with the big series coming up this weekend, and we all know what's at stake, and we all know how important it is. I mean, I, I, I literally started getting excited for it on Saturday. Like, this is like my Super Bowl, guys, if you didn't know. Um, you know, I'm fired up for it. No question. I'm, I'm really, to be honest, very happy that one of these three games was a game like we saw on Sunday. You know, just so you feel like, hey, we've been there. We, if you go against Clemson on Friday or any of these three games this weekend, and it's, it's a, let's say it's a 1-1 game or it's a tight game late, it's like, okay, we've been here, we've done this, we know we can handle the moment. You know, and again, I know the stakes will be higher to be different. There'll be more pressure, but still just being in that moment and coming through and capitalizing, I think really, really big for you. And again, you love to, you know, you love those type of games when you get the W, no question, but winning with character, a team that was able to battle a little bit of, of adversity, battle a little bit of, uh, you know, things not going quite your way, quite the way you would have scripted it win anyway, right? The motto of Gamecock baseball, win anyway. Who cares? You let the bases loaded, who cares? Win anyway. Oh, their pitcher's shoving. He's, he, you can't hit his curveball. Who cares? Win anyway. Win anyway. I'm getting goosebumps literally talking about it because I'm thinking about those 10 and 11 teams and I'm thinking about this team and win anyway. That, no excuse. No, win anyway. Find a way. Find a way to win. Just find a way. Synergize. Do whatever you got to do. Throw the bats around. Say a, say a voodoo prayer. I don't know, but win anyway. And that's what this team did Sunday. You, you love to see that. I, I, that's the type of stuff that gets me going. It really is. You know, that's the type of stuff. That's where you see the real character of teams. How do they respond in adversity? Because every team, you listen to any coach, every team is going to run into adversity. It's just impossible. Even Alabama, 
in football. They're beating everybody. They run in, into adversity. They're just the best at handling it. And, of course, they're the best players, too. But you guys get the point I'm making. Every team's going to run into adversity at some point. It's how do you handle it. We're all going to run into adversity in our own lives. It's how do you handle it. So, South going to pass that test on Sunday and, of course, gets a sweep. And, and, and it was great to see. Great to see. And, again, you know, I, I hope that is an indicator of something we see a lot more of this season. When it's in a tight moment, this is a team that has the character, that has the integrity, that has the courage to come through, make the play, and, like I said, win anyway. All right, let's move into TSUS Series MVP. And, guys, this one is a freaking no-brainer. And, of course, we already posted the graphic for it yesterday. But, Mr. West Clark, I mean, my God, the Reaper of Souls himself, 7 for 10, three home runs, nine RBIs, five walks, 1.8 slugging percentage, and an 800 on base percentage. What more can I say? The stats just did not. I mean, it's – Incredible. Like I said, we had all these preseason expectations and this hype, and you know, I was really excited for Wes Clark and what he was going to do this year, but did I expect that on opening weekend? Wes, calm down, sir. If you're listening, my God, save some for the rest of us, all right? Save some of the rest of your teammates, right? No, it, it's incredible stuff, and like, like I said, I think it's a testament to the work he's put in. Great kid. I, it works his tail off, and, uh, you know, good things happen. You know what I mean? Good things happen. A guy with a lot of confidence. He's seeing a beach ball right now, and uh, – what a weekend. What a weekend. So, again, the first TSUS Series MVP goes to none other than the Reaper of Souls, Mr. West Clark. Speaking of Reaper of Souls, we're going to go into who's hot, who's not. Um, of course, guys, so this will be a segment after every single series. we got to talk about who's not, too. So, if you're listening, it's your, it's your, it's your, it's your son, it's your, your I, I don't know, your friend, your, your relative, what, and your, 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 the person you know is in who's not, just – it's okay. We got to pick somebody. It's no big deal. I just want to throw that out there because people get all in their feelings about the statistics. Like, it's all good. All right, let's start with who's hot, though. And I just felt like I could not go through this show without mentioning the other Reaper of Souls and a guy, <clears throat> excuse me, that had a big-time weekend for you and, again, made Mark Kingston look like a freaking genius, <clears throat> and that is Mr. Brady Allen. Five for nine on the weekend, one home run, three RBIs. Four walks, two stolen bases, and a 643 on-base percentage. But, again, the thing that maybe even the stats are not going to tell you, it's just the quality of ABs this guy takes. It's the quality of at-bats. And I talked about that all in the preseason, about his plate vision, his discipline. But, it's God, it's, it's just so much fun to watch. This dude is an automatic 3-2 count. He's an automatic 3-2 count. Every And out of your leadoff spot, you know, I, I thought it would either be Wimmer or Myers, or Brady Allen, that would be in that leadoff spot. And again, he made Mark Kingston look like a freaking genius. Um, you know, 643, 643 on base. You, you can't ask for more than that from your leadoff guy. And again, a leadoff guy gives you pop. You know, it's funny, I was sitting with a buddy of mine, he said, this is like Ron Bacuna. And I, I know that's one hell of a comparison, but I get what he's saying. Like, you have a leadoff guy that is an athlete, but also has power, and that gives you great ABs. I mean, just he Brady Allen might be the best all-around hitter and maybe the best all-around baseball player on this team. Like, honestly, a dude that shows up to the ballpark every single day, plays the game the right way, takes – I mean, this dude takes professional at-bats. That, that's the only way you can call it. He takes professional ABs. And, again, I, I feel great about Brady in that leadoff spot. I, I really do. I, I feel fantastic about what he's going to do there. And again, I expect him to be there all season long. And, uh, you know, just it's all about setting the tone. And 
Brady Allen does that. He sets the tone in that leadoff spot. He, he frustrates pitchers. He's a pitcher's nightmare. Again, the Reaper of Soul himself, Reaper of Souls himself, uh, Wes Clark and Brady Allen both. But uh, who's hot? Brady Allen again, five for nine, a homer, three ribbies, four walks, two stolen bases, six forty three on base percentage. No doubt, Brady Allen is scorching right now. Who's not? Who's not? And this is a guy that again I think is going to have a great season. Don't anybody take it personally, but Brendan Malone struggled a little bit this weekend. Two for twelve at the plate. One RBI, two strikeouts. Again, I think a guy maybe a little bit over-anxious, a little bit uh, trying to do too much. Again, it was opening weekend for everybody. You know, everybody's putting pressure on themselves and the adrenaline's pumping and all that. And I will say this, too. You know, I talk about Brady Allen, how he's an automatic 3-2 count. It felt like Brendan Malone was at 0-2 every single time he, he, he took the, you know, he stepped in the box. It felt like he was at 0-2 every single time. I mean, it just, you blinked and looked away like, boom, it's 0-2. And I, I don't know necessarily what the issue is, but, uh, you know, he'll be fine. I, I think Brennan Malone will be fine. I have no worries, no issues when it comes to Brennan Malone and, and the product, the productivity and the production he's going to provide you this year. But to who's not Brennan Malone? Again, two for 12, a ribby, two strikeouts. But I think, again, he will get this thing rolling and be one of the better Gamecock bats in this lineup this season. Um, all right, what is next for South Carolina baseball? Well, tonight they play the Winthrop Eagles. And then, of course, this weekend, the best rivalry in college baseball when South Carolina and Clemson go at it. And I'll tell you this, guys, if you can't tell the emotion, the intensity for me, um, this is like my Super Bowl. I mean, listen, I, I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, my God, it's 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 bigger than like a football game. I, I don't know. It's different for sure. But this for me, this is like my Super Bowl, literally. I, this is – I live for this shit, man. I, I live for Carolina-Clemson baseball. And to be able to – um, I'm not sure if I'm going to all three games. I know for sure I'm going to Sunday. If you know anybody that's selling tickets to, to Greenville or Clemson, um, the weather looks kind of bad Friday for that Clemson series. But, uh, no, definitely going up there. Um, we're trying to coordinate something, possibly doing a watch party in Greenville. I, I'm doing, by the way, guys, I'll go ahead and tell you, pregame and postgame live shows before all three of these games. I know I said we're not going to do pregame and postgame for baseball, at least not every single game. But a series like this, you just flat-out have to. So, again, what's next for Gamecock Baseball tonight against Winthrop, taking on the Eagles in the midweek? Uh, I'm not – I don't think a starter has been announced. <clears throat> I don't think a starter has been announced for South Carolina. Let me look really quickly, guys. I think it's either going to be Jack Mahoney, Will Sanders, or Magcato. I, I think it's going to be a young guy. Um, let's see who the projected starter is. So, it looks like, yeah, Will Sanders. It looks like Will Sanders most likely – is going to be your starter um, in in that game tonight against Windsor. So, again, I think it'll be a lot of fun. I think this is a guy that, you know, I, I think has got a very bright future in Columbia. I, I think this is a guy that's probably going to be your next Friday night ace at Carolina, to be totally honest with you. I mean, 6'6", six, six, stuff is there. He's got the body to build into it, to add more velocity, to make his stuff even better. I think he's going to be a big-time arm for Carolina. So, again, we got a really fun week planned, guys, like I said, with the game tonight. But, of course, the Clemson series this weekend. Please stay tuned for all of the content that comes throughout this week and leading up in the weekend. we got some really big stuff planned and maybe a surprise or two. Maybe a surprise or two for you guys as well. So, you guys be sure to stay tuned to that. All right, let's move into – got to touch on Gamecocks basketball. I know a lot of you don't want to. Again, South Carolina playing tomorrow night at Mississippi State. But I refuse to act like basketball season is just not happening. But I will say this. I'm not going to spend the next 20 minutes fluffing things up and, and, and you know, like, uh, you know, just, just giving you guys a bunch of fluff. I'm not, I'm not going to do it, okay? I'm not going to do it. 
because it was the same old story for Gamecocks basketball. We had 93 to 78 loss to Mizzou. I picked South Carolina to win, which obviously was a very, very bad pick. Um, and yeah, you get blown out in your home floor. I mean, listen, you were only a three and a half point underdog. Like you were not supposed to get blown out, but you do, but you do. Again, I'm not going to spend the next 15 or 20 minutes just fluffing things up and kind of BSing you guys and filling your ear with nonsense. This just isn't a very good team. Let's call it for what it is. You know, it has nothing to do with COVID. Uh, there's no other excuses. This team is just not very good. We stink. We stink. There's no other way to put it. We stink. This team stinks this year. Frank Martin stinks this year. This program stinks this year. And by the way, I'm not saying fire Frank Martin, guys. I'm not. I want to make that clear yet again. I'm not saying fire Frank Martin. I think really you, I don't think it does you any good to get rid of him during the pandemic driven season, if you will. And I think Frank Martin's a good basketball coach. I, I don't think this is the right timing to make that move. And I've already expressed my opinions on how if, if, if things go a certain way next season, what I would do. But no, I'm not saying fire Frank Martin. But this is his team and this team stinks. So guess what? Frank Martin kind of stinks as a coach this year. And again, I know he's had COVID twice. I know what he's dealt with. I mean, I have a lot of empathy for the guy. But everything with Gamecocks basketball stinks this year, and there's no other way to put it. Again, you can't play defense. Yes, ho-hum, A.J. Lawson had his 22-point night game, which he's probably going to go to the draft. Um, I, I will say tip of the cap to him. I mean, he's one of the SEC's leading scorers. But, you know, I think one of – I'll say this, by the way. There's three games left, assuming you don't make any up. Um, or reschedule any, which, I mean, I know at this point all of us have our fingers crossed that we don't. But I think one of the worst things that happened this season, and again, I have a ton of empathy. I, I totally, you know, the COVID stuff is terrible. It really derailed this season before it got a chance to get started. But with that being said, I think the worst thing that happened this year was people saying, oh, the season's a wash anyways. Oh, COVID. Like, people building in these these excuses early in the season and just carrying that with them game after game after game, it makes me feel like this Gamecocks basketball program has embraced that mindset, has embraced that motto of, oh, well, the season's a wash anyways. I mean, you can say they haven't. Listen, I, I don't want to be the guy that questions their toughness or their character or their, you know, have they quit? <laughs> that was a question I asked on social media. Has this team just flat out quit? I hate to be the guy that says, yes, they have, because I'm not in the building. I'm not in the locker room. But, man, I tell you what, from the results, it sure does come off as this is a team that has just packed it in. It comes off as a team and a program that's saying, you know what, they're right. The season is a wash. So what does it matter? And it, it is. We all know it is, but that's not the point. It's a, just a damn shame to watch these group of dudes with the talent they have. I think there's still talent on this team. Just, just have no answer. I think I saw a stat on social media. It's the first time South Carolina basketball has given up back-to-back -back games of 90-plus points since, like, the 70s. This team is historically bad. So, you know, like I said, I'm not going to be the guy that <clears throat> pretends like, oh, bat, you know, we're just not going to talk about basketball. No, we're going to cover these last three basketball games. Got a game tomorrow night against Mississippi State. I will break it down. I will preview it. I'll give a prediction. All that jazz. This team stinks. Ain't no other way to put it. This team stinks, dude. It ain't got nothing to do with COVID. It ain't got nothing to do with a layoff or not playing games or not practicing. This team stinks. Rotten.
which is not good. And I feel like you have a bunch of guys playing as individuals that, again, have packed it in and said, oh, you know what? The season's a wash anyways. That's how it comes off, at least. I hate to question them. I, I, I hate to question those guys in that regard, but, man, it sure does seem like how it's come off. That's kind of, you know, it's kind of the takeaway from what we're seeing as far as, you know, results go. So, just, you know, another tough night <laughs> to be a Gamecocks, a tough day, I should say, to be a, a Gamecocks basketball fan. But, yeah, guys, like I said, I mean, I'm, I'm not going to pretend like, you know, and like fluff you guys. Hell, I was at the baseball game just keeping up with it on my phone. But, we're, I mean, we're beyond apathy at this point. I, people, people are so ready for this season to be done, it's not even funny. People are praying we don't make up those games we miss. I, I mean, tells you all you got to know. So, again, Gamecocks fall into Missouri. 93-78 to on Saturday. We'll take on Mississippi State tomorrow. And, again, I'll have a full breakdown, preview, prediction, all that good stuff on the podcast tomorrow. Okay, before we wrap up, a couple notes. Montario Hardesty, two-year, $300,000 per contract. Um, I think that's pretty fair for him and his experience. 2021 five-star punter William Joyce commits as well. And I know people are saying, oh, Chris, is, is he a five-star like this? He's a punter, guys. They are graded differently. He's a punter. Let the man live. He's a five-star punter. Let's just celebrate getting a pickup. Why not, right? Um, other notes that came out on Monday afternoon. Wes Clark named National Player of the Week. I talked about that, of course, well-deserved. And Gamecocks, in the latest polls, I believe it was the Baseball America poll. Or let's see, was it Collegiate? Let me see. I can check right now. Was it Collegiate Baseball Newspaper or was it Baseball America? Yeah, Baseball America, Reagan the Gamecocks, 16th. In the country. So South Carolina moving up. The D1Baseball.com ranking should drop today. And that's really the ones that I follow. That's just, you know, I've had those guys on my show, and I, I tend to agree with their rankings a lot. So that's the ones I generally follow. But, hey, it's nice to see. See the boys move up in the polls. 16th now in the entire country. Um, so should set up well again for the game tonight and then a, a big-time matchup this weekend in the rivalry series against Clemson. All right, we're going to wrap it up here. Let's answer your listener questions, and then we will get out of here. We'll put a pin in this one on a Tuesday. Uh, JK Guild 34, time to start Trey. Rest of the year, let's see what he's got. I mean, hell, why not? Why not? You know what I mean? To hell with it. Play whoever. Play Mike Green. Play Nathan Nelson. I don't give a damn. <laughs> what do you have to lose? Mike.Everett07, do you like Star Wars? I like it. I'm not a, like a diehard. I'm, I, like, I'm not in, into the Mandalorian. I, I just have never been able to get in that show. I don't know. Uh, Morgan underscore Crisp. How can we get Drew Crisp into the Baseball Hall of Fame? I, I will do what I can. Drew, certainly, uh, you look at the numbers, you look at the stats, very well-deserved. Uh, there's a lot of guys that need to be recognized, in my opinion, around, around Founders Park. But uh, I will do my best, Morgan. I will do my best. Brandon underscore Smith, 47. Over under 20 homers for West Clark this year. Man, three home runs after opening weekend. And 20 is a lot, but the Reaper of Souls. Do not question the Reaper of Souls. Give me over 20. I, you know, is he going to hit 700 all year? No, but I don't see the power numbers going anywhere for West Clark. Give me the over. Uh, Henry Stewart, 05. Favorite all-time Gamecock football player. Easy for me, Connor Shaw. That, that's the GOAT to me. Um, final question, Grayson Dot Williamson, what is up with the angle on the Gamecocks broadcast? Yeah, like I said, I, I feel for you guys that had to deal with that terrible streaming. Um, very happy I had tickets and didn't have to put up with it, but uh, I don't know, man, with all the sports going on, they don't have enough people to – I don't know, bro. It's just excuse, excuse, excuse. Get the damn cameras working, my guys. No, I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what the deal is. So, again, guys, thank you so much for tuning in, and thank you so much for being – 
uh, understanding and patient this week and flexible and being able to roll with the punches. Uh, like I said, this is my second time doing this show, so it should sound pretty good. But, uh, guys, Daily Crow all week, noon to one. Uh, pre-game show tomorrow night for basketball. We'll have pre-game and post-game shows for baseball all week, and I'm trying to work on some things in Greenville for Saturday. Um, obviously, it's Carolina Clemson week. It's a huge week. Obviously, baseball content rolling, basketball rolling, all the content bleeding out of the eyeballs we're dropping new merch too awesome week awesome stuff guys and again thank you so much for being cool with everything thank you for the love support consuming the content sharing the content all that good stuff it truly i mean and i mean truly means the world to me so again thank you guys so much appreciate you all tuning in y'all have a great rest of your day have a great tuesday and we'll talk to you tomorrow thanks so much Chapman, welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.